turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Tuesday, April the 5th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. Today on April 5, 1951, Julius and Ethel Rosenberg were sentenced to death following their conviction of in uh, New York on charges of conspiring to commit espionage for the Soviet Union. They were Russian spies. Today in 1614, Indian chief Powhatan's daughter Pocahontas, no, not Elizabeth Warren, the real Pocahontas, married Englishman John Rolfe, a widower. They got married in the Virginia colony. Today in 1621, the Mayflower sailed from Plymouth Colony on a month-long return trip to England. Today in 1764, Britain's Parliament passed the American Revenue Act of 1764, also known as the Sugar Act. This was one of a number of uh, impositions, taxation, that the... uh, that Britain's Parliament was passing and putting on the colonists here. That was the run-up, of course, to the Revolutionary War. There is a tipping point beyond which people will not go. Today in 1887, teacher Ann Sullivan achieved a breakthrough as her six-year-old deaf-blind pupil Helen Keller learned the meaning of the word water as spelled out in the manual alphabet. That, of course, opened up a whole new world for kids and people that were both deaf and blind. Today in 1976, reclusive billionaire Howard Hughes, he died in Houston. He was 70 years old. And today in 2008, actor Charlton Heston, big screen hero, later the leader of the National Rifle Association, he died in Beverly Hills, California. He was 84 years old. I didn't know him personally, but I spent time with him. Marjorie and I spent time with him. He uh, spoke at an event that we were sponsoring in Bellevue a few years ago. It was in the 1990s. And uh, spent some time with him. Really a nice guy. He's kind of like he appears to be. And uh, he was telling us that among all of his experience, he's made a lot of movies, as you know. But in all the experiences, in all the movies that he made, he said it was when he played Moses in the Ten Commandments, He said when he walked down off the hill, (laughs) his words, with those tablets, he said there was a moment where I almost felt like I was Moses on an errand for God. He said it fundamentally changed my life forever. Those are his words. Well, did he know Jesus Christ personally? I don't know. But I do know that he was profoundly impacted by Moses and the Ten Commandments. Five years ago today, the YouTube TV, Google's new streaming package of about 40 television channels, it made its debut. It seems like it's been on longer than that, but it's been five years, five years ago today. 
So much is going on today, and much of what is going on in our culture today is tearing at the spiritual roots of our country and tearing at the spiritual roots of many of us who hold the Bible to be the inerrant Word of God, the infallible Word of God, inspired by God. No errors. It's all true. It's eternally true. Much of what is going on in our culture today, really, if you look into it just below the surface, it's directed at undermining those values that come through biblical teaching and that come through a personal relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. Many Christians are feeling a little challenged today, to say the least. Some are feeling insecure. There's no reason for us to feel insecure in the culture in which we live. There is reason to be well-informed, and there is reason to keep our focus on Jesus, not on some political leader. But we must know what they're doing and must be familiar with what they're trying to do because the Lord would have us to do that because he's put us here for now as light and salt. Those are his words, not mine. But I believe them with all my heart. But we should not feel insecure. For I am persuaded, Paul wrote, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. They may try to separate us, but they can't do that. They don't have the power to do that. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3 says, But the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. That's the word of the Lord. The word of people is sometimes amazing, especially certain people particularly Republicans who don't even know what their party stands for or they don't care because they don't stay in line with the party that they're supposed to be a part of. If they don't want to believe in the platform of the Republican Party, why are they Republicans? I don't know. I guess they feel it's to their advantage where they live. Republican Senators Lisa uh, Murkowski from Alaska And Mitt Romney, we all know Mitt, they announced uh, yesterday that they're going to vote to confirm President Joe Biden's Supreme Court nominee, Kentasha Brown Jackson. She is probably the least qualified that's come across the stage in a long time. She is an activist. Her life's work is living proof of that. She is particularly an activist where it has to do with pornography. I don't know what's the matter with these people, and I don't know what Mitt Romney is thinking. I'm not a Mormon, but I know a little bit about what they believe, and they don't believe the kinds of actions that he takes. I don't know why they elect him in Utah, but they do, they have. But anyway, the senator's announcement came just hours after the Senate Judiciary Committee was tied along partisan lines, 11 to 11. They voted it was a tie to advance Jackson's nomination, so they come along and they announce to Democrat leader Chuck Schumer 
that they're going to be voting, Murkowski and Romney. They're going to be joining Susan Collins from Maine. Three Republicans are voting for this. Not that they should take a partisan position, but I don't know how they can find in their hearts any kind of an inclination to vote for her for the Supreme Court. She isn't qualified by all accounts. She isn't, except she's black and she's a woman. And Joe Biden promised to deliver. And people within the Biden orbit who are really running this country told him that they wanted her. That's what this amount, I mean, that's just the bottom line. Mitt Romney said, after reviewing Judge Jackson's record and testimony, I have concluded that she is a well-qualified jurist and a person of honor. While I do not expect to agree with every decision she may make on the court, I believe that she is more she more than meets the standard of excellence and integrity. I congratulate Judge Jackson on her expected confirmation. Why is he doing this? He truly doesn't believe that if he believes his Mormonism. I don't know. Murkowski, I don't know about her, but boy, I don't know. I Mitt, is, is, he's a tough one to figure out. I think he's absorbed with himself. I think he believes his own press releases. He's very egotistical. He seems to flip-flop around. When he was governor in, was it Massachusetts? I think it was Massachusetts. Uh, some years ago, he was kind of pro-abortion, but he kind of wasn't. But he his actions were, and then when he was out of the state, back in Utah and elsewhere, he sounded very pro-life-ish. I don't know about him. Anyway, Mitt takes advantage of every opportunity to get a little get a little press. I think he has a longer-term, bigger goal in mind. Seattle's Museum of Pop Culture is doing a lot of advertising in Seattle recently, just the last week. They're hosting a summer camp. It's led by cross-dress drag artists to train children aged 12 through 18 how to create your own personas. Summer camp promotion says calling all future kings and queens, explore self-expression in Mopop's uh, week-long dragtastic summer camp. Boy, where are the days when you pack up your bags for your little kid and send him off to camp whatever, Snoqualmie or whatever, and they learn how to build fires and identify birds in the forest or whatever? No, not anymore. This camp is led by drag artist uh, Joshua Hancock. He's They say he's well-known in Seattle. I've never heard of him, but nonetheless, he's scheduled for this August 8th through August 12th summer camp. The PR that they're putting out there says the child will investigate the children. Uh, your child will investigate drag history and work together with local artists to create your own personas. They'll choose your name, explore hair and makeup techniques, and develop your character stage presence. At the end of the week, you'll celebrate your new drag persona with a private showcase. Boy, I'll tell you, we are no longer slouching towards Sodom. We are galloping toward Gomorrah. This is sick. We're sacrificing our children to an ideology that is from hell itself. I can't believe we're doing this, but we are. 
We're obsessed with it. Parents will actually send their kids to this so-called camp coming up in August. It's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. I want to talk to you a little bit today about Elon Musk. Uh, you say, who cares about Elon Musk? Well, we should care, and I'll tell you why. I wouldn't talk about it otherwise. Um, he's the wealthiest man in the world, and he's putting his wealth, uh, some of it, in a, in a direction that I believe is going to help Christians. Is he doing this out of Christian you know, motivation? No, probably not. I don't know. I don't know that he's a Christian, but I've never seen, or not a Christian, but I've never seen any evidence that he had any spiritual inclinations. I don't know anything about him. What I do know is what I'm going to tell you today, though, is that he's extremely wealthy, that he's extremely influential. Sometimes he he acts and appears to be erratic, but he's the guy that created the Tesla car, which is the leading battery-driven car in, in the country. Now you see a lot of them. Uh, especially around Seattle, Portland, West Coast, but all over the place. And he also is the uh, founder and owner of the SpaceX, the, the private company that's putting these. Jeff Bezos is doing some of the same, uh, Amazon guy. But um, Elon Musk is putting up these spaceships, uh, and it's not the government, it's private. And so, anyway, it's his... Part of his uh, space company is called SpaceX. But he bought 9.2%. You say, well, that's not very much. 9.2% of Twitter stock. But it is quite a bit because it's nearly $3 billion worth of the company. He is now Twitter's largest stockholder. And that's important. He's been a frequent critic of social media's never-ending war on free speech. That includes Christians, which has been a focus of Twitter. Please understand, I'm not suggesting that he's suddenly come up and with Bible in hand and said, I'm going to stand on behalf of these Christians. That's not where he's coming from, but it's going to help us. It's going to help conservatives. It, it just is. It's going to shake things up a little bit. I think it's going to give Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook a little heartburn as well. But I want to talk to you a little bit about Twitter because there's millions and millions of people on Twitter. You know that they banned Trump when he was president, and they banned people all over the place, and I'll talk a little bit about that in a moment. But he's been a critic, a pretty strong, very strong critic of social media in general, and particularly Twitter. So more than a few people are trying to figure out how this is going to impact social media in general. In fact, I read a number of articles yesterday when people first found out about this, it became public, that uh, they were trying to figure out now, what is this going to do? Is this going to be good for social media? Is it going to be bad? Well, I don't know about social media in general. I think it'll be good. I think it'll shake up the whole deal, like I said, Zuckerberg and some of these other guys. But nonetheless, I, I see a kind of a, a bit of a, a gold thread woven through this. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure I'm not. His acquisition of Twitter stock follows a recent poll from this tech entrepreneur that he he personally conducted. He uh, questioned Twitter's commitment to free expression, a question asked with the caveat. He said the consequences of this poll will be important. Please vote carefully. Well, that was true. The result of that poll following that, that he took personally, and I'll tell you more about that in a moment. I mean, there were a lot of people involved. He then went out and spent $3 billion 
and bought a bunch of stock in Twitter, which gives him control. Clearly, their responses to the poll were important. One of the immediate consequences of the acquisition is the company's shares went up by more than 25% following news that Musk had bought nearly $3 billion worth of stock. His newly acquired stock, according to Bloomberg yesterday, has already made him $1.1 billion richer. It's amazing. But to put it in perspective, Musk is said to be the richest man in the world with a net worth of $273 billion. Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon, is second. He's worth about $189 billion. And Bill Gates, I don't know if he's third or not, but I know he's familiar to all of us. Bill Gates is worth about $134 billion. This is the statement and the question that Musk asked on Twitter just a week or so ago. Uh, it's been several weeks ago now. He said, quote, he put it out on Twitter, free speech is essential to a functioning democracy. Do you believe Twitter rigorously adheres to this principle? Well, he got 2,035,924 responses. 29.6% of those people that responded said, Yes, we think that Twitter rigorously adheres to this principle. 70%, 70.4% said, oh, no, they don't. So he thanked them. He has 80 million followers on Twitter. Bloomberg said yesterday, the news uh, website, one of them, Bloomberg said, while it is uh, um, is yet unclear what Musk plans to do with his newfound power within Twitter, it will be interesting to see if Twitter's censors continue to give Musk, Musk trouble for his tweeting, given he's now the company's largest stockholder. Some are saying that Musk will remain in a passive role, they said, with Twitter. And I will tell you, end of quote, I don't think he will. And I was thinking that last night when we published an article about this. I'm pretty well convinced that he's not going to take a passive role this morning because this morning Fox News is announcing just two hours ago that in appointing uh, Tesla and SpaceX founder Elon Musk to the board <laughs> will expand the billionaire's influence during the ongoing debate over lack of free speech on the platform. This morning, as I said, just a couple of hours ago, they announced this new CEO of Twitter. His name is Paragwawal or something like that. I can't pronounce his name. But anyway, he replaced Jack Dorsey, who was the founder of uh, Twitter. For some reason, Dorsey just stepped down uh, recently. And so this Agrawal has taken his place. So Agrawal announced this morning, again, just a couple of hours ago, he said, through conversations with Elon in recent weeks, it became clear to us that he would bring great value <clears throat> to our board. He's both a passionate believer and intense critic of the service, which is exactly what we need. I don't know if he really means that or not. I think he's kind of afraid of this Musk guy. But anyway, he said it brings this uh, exactly what we need in the boardroom to make us stronger in the long term. Welcome, Elon. Elon immediately responded this morning. He said, looking forward to working with Perig and Twitter board to make significant improvements to Twitter in coming months. He said, uh, in a oh, there was a, a, a SEC filing that was made public today. 
um, that the company entered into an agreement with Musk on Monday, yesterday, that he will be appointed to the board of directors with the term expiring in 2024, annual meeting of stockholders. Per the agreement, Musk cannot either alone or as a member of a group own more than 14.9% of the company's common stock while serving as a board or 90 days thereafter. This is important because um, clearly he's not just into this so that he can like be passive and own a bunch of stock. He has an agenda, and that's why I wanted to mention this this morning, because I believe his agenda is going to be helpful to the work of the Lord. I don't know if he knows that or not, but I think it's pretty clear. Bloomberg says that it's unclear what his plans are. Well, his plans, as he put it, have been to bring much-needed improvements to Twitter, and he's been talking about it on Twitter and on other social media outlets recently, saying these guys are, are crazy with their censorship. Whether it's Trump or he himself or others who are perhaps lesser influence, but of more importance because they're Christian ministries and Christian leaders. And again, he's not committing to help Christianity. He has a different agenda, but his agenda is going to be helpful to the kingdom of God, whether he knows it or not, as I said. Tolerance has never been a virtue of the left. They merely use it as a tool. You rarely hear the word tolerance anymore from a so-called progressive. They used it to take control of the institutions and to build up these media companies, these social media platforms, with special uh, privileges given by our government to them, in that they're not responsible for the content on there. They have taken responsibility now that they have the power, whether it's Dorsey and now this Aguar guy, or whether it's uh, Mark Zuckerberg or whomever. They've taken the authority. They've taken the power now that they have it. But going in, they were not responsible, and they still aren't responsible. You can't sue Mark Zuckerberg or Dorsey or Aguar or whatever. You can't sue them for what's on their platform. They say, oh, no, we're just a delivery system. We don't put out this news. But they have so become so sophisticated with algorithms that they decide which these programs and this myriad of employees behind the programs decide which posts, which content will go on their media platform and which will not. And in doing so, they're creating a narrative and, but if they're challenged legally, they say, oh, no, no, we're just putting out what people say. This, we're not creating content. We're just delivering other people's content. But they're using what other people are saying to create their message and advance their agenda. And that's what Musk is getting at. And that's why it's helpful to Christianity, again, I say, whether or not he knows it. Victor Davis Hansen has written not about Musk, but he's written about this whole thing of controlling the narrative and controlling the uh, what's out there and what people hear and believe. And he gives some examples in, in a, uh, an article that he wrote recently, and I included that in the uh, article that I wrote today. I quote him a little bit. I quote him off, and I read much of what he writes. But he talks about how this works in the academic world, and uh, as it ties into the social or moral part of our uh, culture, it, it's worth the read. You can read what I wrote, quoting him and others, uh, at faithandfreedom.us 
our uh, our own website. But he says the the First Amendment. Uh, Victor Davis Hanson says the first commandment of the once freest nation in the world is comatose. This time its enemies are not hooded Klansmen seeking to uh, intimidate African-Americans or right-wing conspiracy theorists rooting out supposed communists. He said past and present, all these zealots and character assassins cloaked their intolerance in the pretense that they were advancing truth by destroying it. Exactly. Lightside News is a Catholic uh, group of people. I don't think the Catholic Church owns it, but they, they're Catholics that run it. I read the site a lot. They're really focused on issues of abortion and, and so on. Their YouTube channel was permanently banned by the owner of Google. Um, they're off because of their position on pro-life position. Twitter blocked a post from the Daily Citizen, which is run by Focus on the Family. This is just in the last year. Focus on the family. The reason? A tweet that challenged the underlying premise of transgenderism. Ryan T. Anderson wrote a book here a, a few years ago now. Uh, he's with the Ethics and Public Policy Center. Uh, Amazon banned his book. It was titled, When Harry Became Sally, which criticizes transgenderism. Facebook blocked advertisements by Paul Kingor's book titled, The Devil and Karl Marx. They said it was not kind toward the communists. Facebook has also banned ads for Kimberly Cook's book, Motherhood Redeemed, because it challenges feminism, and the list goes on and on and on. It's long. I don't see Elon Musk as any kind of a savior or a white knight, but I do believe he's as upset as Donald Trump about how social media is treating anyone and everyone with whom they disagree, and I will say especially Christians. His controlling entrance into the social media business can only be helpful for the kingdom of God. Let me leave you with this. In Acts chapter 5, Peter and John and the others are specifically told they can no longer teach and preach in the name of Jesus. Then they're released from prison. This is one of many visits to the local prison for preaching the gospel. Following their, this release, chapter 5, Acts, Following this release, they immediately go out on the streets of Jerusalem, and what do they do? They begin preaching the gospel in the name of Jesus, exactly what they were told not to do. Not because they're rebellious, but once again, they're brought before the authorities, and there's all this drama in this chapter 5 of, of Acts. They're asking, verse 28, Did we straightly command you that you should not teach in his name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. And that's where Peter, in verse 29, that's where Peter looked at the authorities and he said, we ought to obey God rather than man. Now, the Bible is not suggesting lawlessness, but it is certainly underscoring the fact that there is sometimes a point beyond which we will not be silenced. I believe we are at the threshold of that point with our current leadership today. I believe we're at a time today when we're going to have to either stand up for Jesus Christ and for the gospel of Jesus Christ as it applies to the culture as well as it applies to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Because him, Jesus himself has called us to be salt and light, and that means that we speak the truth and live it out in a culture that is going to hell in a handbasket. Hey, thanks for being with me today. We'll continue this conversation right here tomorrow. We need your support to do what we do. Without it, 
we can't do this. Our address is Box 399 Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Thanks for being with me today. I'll see you tomorrow.